Hello. She was a level-headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Hunter and I are both back, and uh, we do a mailbag to preview the upcoming season. Um, more broad predictions and uh, how we think things are going to go. And then next couple weeks, we'll take a closer look at the roster and the Houston game in particular. Uh, but for now, we just answer these questions and you know get ready for the season. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, uh, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, uh, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Um, They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Uh, whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts uh, can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, they can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. Um, they have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process uh, online and it's easy um, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. Um, they can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website uh, at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. Uh, so get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, here we go. Mailbag time. I guess, I don't know if it's quite, you could consider it a mailbag, uh, but we got some questions from Red Raider Sports. Hunter asked for questions. Speaking of Hunter, how you doing? What's going on? Long time to see. Yeah, for real. Vacation last week. Must be nice. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, so we got, Hunter asked for questions. We got some good ones. And we decided kind of off the top that we'll just, we're going to save all Houston questions for closer to Houston because honestly, neither one of us have looked that closely at them. We will. And as we both discussed earlier, I think we're of the opinion that they're not very good. <laughs> so I really don't know that. I, I mean, I'm just assuming that like, you know, Clayton Toon has been there a while, but I don't, like, he doesn't scare me. No, I think. And I just, think they're down talent wise for a Houston so, so, team. Yeah, somebody asked a question, and we'll go in more detail. But it was uh, like, what weakness for them can we exploit? And like, like you said, I don't know. I'm not up to speed on Houston personnel very much. But I would think that we'll have an advantage. And tell me, you would actually be a better person to answer this, just in the sense of we will have a pretty good idea of what they do, like schematically. Whereas with Cumby, uh, I don't know that they that they will have as good of an idea. And then. And then even like personnel wise, like our defense, just so so many transfers. Yeah. I think that we it's, it'd be a tough kind of scout for them. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but they'll basically have to watch, you know, Shuck at Oregon. They'll have to watch Cumbie at TCU, and and I guess they can just watch Patterson and kind of say, well, this guy will fill in here that type, and so he'll do that. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a tough yeah. scout. <clears throat> But then even even Cumbie at TCU, it's hard to know what he was responsible for. Like especially last year, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, he didn't have, you know, full range of I can call whatever I want, whatever I want under Patterson. And it sounds like Wells has kind of given him that freedom. So it may look even different. It honestly may look closer to what Cliff ran with Cumbie here. (laughs) Yeah. However long that was ago. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm looking at this is the first question from B. Galan. Galan, Golan, I think. Golan. Golan. He describes himself as a muddy water stan account. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, who I don't know. But his, so he's got a good question. Who, which one of it's all the young receivers. Which one of these young wideouts is going to be the best this season? But then, same question, but for overall tech career when we look back and it's, Trey Cleveland, Loic Fungi. 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 Is that it? Fungi? I think so. Yeah. JJ Sparkman, Jaran Bradley. And so I I had trouble with this um, because I feel like I'm sliding some guys, but I I, I picked Loic for both answers. I think well, yeah, that's boring I think, because I did as well. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I didn't like, I mean, it's tough because I think Jaran is just his size but so is Loic. he's a big dude as well yeah and and probably what'll have the the answer might be trey cleveland well i get i get called out sometimes because like i expected last season to be cleveland's breakout year and he had some moments but it was just too I, he just didn't see the field enough and so it may be cleveland this year and fungi or bradley you know the five five years from now we look back but it just seems like Fungi is the closest to the top of that depth chart, if you believe yeah. what we're hearing out of practice. So, I mean, it, yeah, I like him. Makes sense. And he, he was playing last year, like towards the end of the season, quite a bit. Yeah, I think really kind of gave me the reason to pick him. But you know, I saw like some of the inside Texas guys, uh, like really liked him out of high school. Yeah, he had an offer from them, didn't he? Yeah, and they said like when they would talk to him you know, they're kind of used to these recruits, like, I guess, bowing whenever they get this UT offer and like, uh, they don't have to, I guess they, there's a certain reaction that they're, they expect and they like, didn't get it from Loic at all. Like, and they, they attributed it to him being from like a, I don't know if he's from Africa or, I mean, he speaks a different language. He speaks multiple languages, but yeah, they were kind of like, yeah, he, he didn't care at all about Texas. <laughs> Uh, okay cool you know so he he's already a favorite in my book then yeah 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 i mean he i think he just might be the best player out of those and bradley probably has something to say about that um but you know playing at desoto last year i i just think bradley i think it's hard for receivers to translate when they step up the level like that i think it's one of the hardest positions to Unless you're super talented, which Bradley is. So I could be, I'm kind of just, I have like a circle argument that's arguing with myself. But um, I think the two that stand out, like you said, is Fungi and Bradley. And But I, I think I, I'm with you. I think Fungi, he just looks like you've, you've sent some pictures in the group text of him from practice. And he just like looks like a dude. And it's Bradley huge. may get there. Yeah. But I mean, Loic is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Loic. Yeah, Bradley yeah. Just, I mean, he's right on track to be just as big. Yeah, and that's I like that trend from Wells and and the, his staff. Well, it seems like do you think that's intent? It almost seems duplicative the way we have just nothing but really tall outside guys, and it makes sense that we're putting Geiger 
yeah just as a different look but if they weren't if they weren't fast i think it could be an issue but it's they're they're just they're what you see at the nfl level to me like you all the outside guys at the nfl level kind of are built like fungi and bradley and they all kind of kind of do everything you know so i think that's that's nice to see I think it's I not Dylan Cantrell, I guess. Like as much as, as right. great as Cantrell was for us, he he wasn't going to create separation. All these guys are huge that's like right. Cantrell was, but can create separation. That's why he made all those spectacular catches. Guys <laughs> draped all over. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think Cumbie said recently talked about Trey Cleveland's speed yesterday. Yeah. It's got to be a good sign. All right. Next one. A couple questions from Chaz E. A. Allen underscore 44. Uh Running, but this is first off, all these are so these questions are tough because, like, I almost feel irresponsible answering. I'm really just kind of some of these is shot in the dark, yeah. I mean, our running back, our running back rotation is tough. I, I am huge Sir Roderick fan, oh, yeah. And, And like, I understand Xavier White, the hype that a lot of people have for him, and I saw someone talk post just recently, like he had a seven yards per carry, but like the one run against Kansas state, I could have scored on that play. It's like <laughs> the, just the middle just completely opened up and they had yeah. that one safety between him and the end zone. I mean, I, I, I'm not an anti Xavier guy, but I don't like, I always kind of like cringe when I hear people saying like Sir Roderick will be taking the back seat or to, to any of these guys. Cause I just wish we would, Give the ball to Sir Roderick a lot. Yeah. Well, I think that comes – and it may have been injury. It may have been – I don't know. But Xavier White was the best running back on the team the last few games of last season. And I don't know why that was. I don't either. It, but it, but it, it, it is. Injury. It, that, because Sir Roderick's two years ago was the one of the best, like, short yardage uh, converting – seasons that we've had since DeAndre and I think Andre's numbers he would greatly benefited from having Pat back there because Pat also a magician in like running picking up uh, like third and threes and things like that yeah and Sir Sir Roderick is just like from a EPA you know expected points added type that stat which to me is the most the only stat really if you're going to look at one thing that's the only thing worth looking at uh, Sir Roderick is, is always grades out super well. But the problem with Sir Roderick is he out of the bat, he has some drops, tendency to drop the ball. And fumbles. In big moments. Yeah. So, but, the, I mean, I, I put it out as – so last year, Sir Roderick had 110 carries. Taj had 70. Xavier, 62. Townsend, 20. And, like, I think that those ratios will probably be – you know, there'll be more carries because more games, but I would I would expect it to be a similar distribution. Yeah, but- yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that. It wouldn't shock me if Townsend gets more targets. Like, but I'm I say targets combining carries and passing game targets. Uh, I mean, like it's crazy to think that he's heavier than Sir Roderick is <laughs> like, that's weird. I, I can't like square that in my brain. So if either, I mean, we've heard that he has kept his speed and added that weight. And if that's the case, I mean, you want to get that guy the ball. So uh, yeah. 
he may take over some of uh, Brooks's carries if that's the case. I don't know. It'll just be interesting because I don't think we saw the real Townsend last year, and so it'll it's kind of a mystery there. But you're probably you're probably close to correct. But I don't know. I, I'm a believer in Townsend. I think he may surpass so. Brooks. And the, the good thing is, I mean, it's those guys get hurt and then dinged, even if it's just for like one week, you know, and during the game, they'll get injured and it's not like a long-term thing, but they're out and you need multiple running backs. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. We had one. Remember we played Texas. Yes. I was just about to say that. Yes. Roger played every snap, but so the next, next question from Chaz is rank Tech's football opponents one through 12 from most likely one to be a tech win to least likely 12. And what was scary about this doing this exercise was, uh, I think the first three is like SFA, FIU, Kansas, in that order. Yeah. I have the fourth one, U of H. And so there's only, you know, we play 12 games. I've only got three easier games than U of H, and we are a two-point favorite currently against U of H. Yeah. So that means, you know, we'll have like seven, eight, nine games that where we'll either be a pick em or an underdog. <laughs> that's that's uh Kind of scary, but so after U of H four, I've got K State at home five, and then I've got a four-way tie: TCU at home, Oklahoma State at home, at Baylor, at West Virginia, and then I got a two-way tie for second and third toughest: Iowa State at home, at UT, and then OU toughest. My only my only qualms with that list is you have Baylor way too high. I just I, I thought thought about that. You know, I was there uh, a couple of years ago. I don't know if the atmosphere they were good that year. So, and the atmosphere was. I mean, it was a t- it was a game we should have won, but it was not a. It looked like a tough place to to play. Well, especially and, when you're playing uh, your big screen and your speakers when you're not supposed to. That makes it real loud. Yeah, exactly. But they, they've got you know they have a really good defense defensive personnel. Yes. Yeah. They got like really good linebackers. They've got this like. Samoan monster mountain man who transferred from LSU defensive tackle might be like one of the best, like best NFL prospects. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I saw today that they uh, are somebody thinks that that Bohannon guy will be starting for them. Um, and I think Aranda is a pretty good coach. So, yeah, I mean, who, who would you have them, I guess, but like above that tie that I had of TCU at home. State. Honestly, I have them. I have them with Houston. Like I would, be, it would be a. I would. I don't know who I would pick, Houston or Baylor, because I, I don't think Aranda is that great. Uh, so I would. I would bet money that we are an underdog in that game. Oh yeah, no, you're probably right. But my confidence meter. Okay. I just. I don't see. Like I think you can look at Tech and say like they added a starting quarterback. They added how many starters on defense? You know, they're you know, they have this many snaps returning. Like you can look at tech and say like, there is a pathway and you can see them getting better for me. I don't see that with Baylor other than, you know, the defensive tackle that you said, if Bohannon starts, we haven't seen that he has the ability to throw the ball. And so that kind of, (laughs) and you did a good more, uh, I guess autopsy of our offense last year. And it's just so bad. And theirs was, literally worse yes they're all wor- worse now and, they change guys yeah. they, change per- they change play caller but so we'll yeah see. and it's it, i just i keep going it's kind of what i told you earlier about houston when we were texting it was like 
I've seen worse tech teams beat better Houston teams. It's like that game, <laughs> that Baylor tech game last year was so hard to watch other than the schooler hit. And I just, I just feel like tech has improved and to and May, Baylor has probably, but I just don't think they've improved yeah. the level. Uh, One th- I will, that game, the Baylor game in the week before, it, you know, to our offenses, to, I guess, paint our offense in a little bit of a better light. And this isn't great for our defense because uh, Patterson does tout how our conference pass defense was so good last year relative to other years. But in back-to-back weeks, TCU, uh, and then we played Baylor at home, the wind was in was like crazy both of those weeks. Nobody yeah. throwing the ball. I think TCU had like 60 yards passing against yeah. us. Yeah. And so – it was tough, you know, defense looked great in those conditions and offense didn't. And when you only play 10 games, that's 20, you know, it's a pretty good chunk of your season. But um, we had a basketball question from uh, M. John, and we don't want to talk too much about uh, uh, basketball, I think, but it was just how many wins first and they get in their first season. And I had not, the non-conference schedule came out like before I'd really thought about this, but I would just say I think I'm gonna go ten and eight, which would be like a historically great Big Twelve season for us. Might not sound like amazing right now, but I think it would. And then, you know, he asked what would be a disappointing season. I think just not making the tournament for sure. Yeah. I also incorrectly attributed uh, the one through twelve question to Chaz. This from M. Yon. I think the J is it's a soft. That's why I was confused. I was looking all over for that question and couldn't find it. Cause then you skipped, you skipped his first question. So that's why I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't. I was so confused. I so. Well, I, okay. I, I skipped the first one. Cause somebody asked a different tech over season win total question and made it about as confusing as possible. Yeah, he did. It's he and, it, and, and then my answer, the way he phrased it made my answer also get confusing. It's another one from B dot uh, Gulan. You're given a hundred thousand dollars. You have to put it all on tech over five and a half or under five and a half wins this season. If you choose neither or lose the bet, you get shot. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say this. So we had the, the number that came out for tech. This was months ago. I don't even know what it was like. It was like four at DraftKings. And I, I said like, that's the worst line I've ever seen. It's going to go up. The limits are super small. It's not a real line, not a real yeah. mark. And now the what you've kind of or what it settled at is like really what this question is. Like I'm looking at one right now that's five and a half. I took the over uh, four and a half at minus one fifty. That's that that was the number I got when I bet it. I, I'm really I think five and a half is probably a good number. Like yeah, yeah. I wouldn't take it either way. But since I in this hypothetical, we're getting shot shot. <laughs> And I'm given a hundred thousand um, dollars. I would go to my head. I would take the over. But what I would, what I would really do, is I would take, if I if this was real life, I would take my hundred thousand. I'd put take put it on the under five and a half, and then I would go and bet as much as I possibly could on over four and a half and over five where I could find it. And what you do is you kind of convert it to essentially have an over four and a half. You know, if you take if you put two hundred thousand on over five, and you have the under five and a half. If we if it lands on five, you're, you're going to win. Yeah, if it goes on six, you're going to win two hundred and lose a hundred. So that would be my confusing way to answer that. Yeah, I would. I would, in this situation, I would put it on the under 
and then that way I win either way. You know, if they're good, great. I mean, I get shot, I guess. Or is that only if I if I choose Neo? So at least I'll get to see a tech winning season before I'm shot. And then if right. I lose, I win. You know, or if tech loses, I win. So I'm I'm going the under. Although I haven't I'm not I'm still not sure yet what I think about which way I'm going on that. And then he asked he asked for a bunch of reasons why I would choose one over yeah. or other. I mean, I th- it's the simplest answer. It seems like quarterback play, you know, reading your offensive breakdown, it what what baffled me the most was our 2019 offense was actually like a step in the right direction from 2018. Like it was close, but like I was saying earlier, like we were better in the red zone. We were better like running in short yardage situations. We were better at like sustaining drives. Um, We couldn't really bust the big one. Uh, And so it just blows my mind how bad we were last year. Cause it just, I was surprised that it was as good or better than 2018. Yeah. And then, so I I just, I I did not think we were going to take such a step back and it's like, you look at our our quarterback situation the last, I don't know, three or four years, ever since we had, you know, the McLean Carter, Bowman, Duffy season, it's just been so bad. I mean, and so I think the reasons, I don't need three reasons to pick over or under. It's just if we have good quarterback play, every, things will be so much better. And if we don't, we're probably not going to win more than five and a half games. Yeah, yeah, and – I, I mean, I mostly agree. It, it's just, it's so crazy too, because that Iowa state game, I had forgotten that, you know, we blocked that field goal to go up seven, nothing, you know, like, I think there's some crazy. I wish I could, I tried to find it when I did that special teams breakdown, but there's some stat that's like, if you block a kick and return it for a score, the percent chance that you win that game is huge. <laughs> like it's, it's one of the, the biggest indicators of a win. And yet the offense was so bad. That game was over by the time the fourth quarter started. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. it's why, well, I guess technically like, uh, or, you know, the Texas game, we blocked kicks too and lost, but uh, at least well, they blocked a kick too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We also had a kick block. So it's just crazy to me. I, and I knew that like, the the third down plays were similar and I had forgotten that they were basically exactly the same against a good like an Iowa State defense that is good and you're trying to run the same play over and over and over it's just it's hard to even fathom what was happening um, and so I think you know if, if we're picking the over here it's Cumbie is bringing some creativity so even if you think the offensive line is bad you're at least going to put them in a spot where you know they know where the ball is going the defense doesn't, which wasn't the case, I don't think, last year. Uh, but then you also, you know, Cumbie is going to – he did it at TCU. Even though – even when his offenses were average, he did a good job of getting his playmakers the ball. Like, everyone knew when Jalen Rager was a junior or senior, I can't, whatever his last year at TCU was, he was basically their only receiver. And he still managed to have a good season uh, because, I mean, to me, Cumbie learned from the Cliff School of – getting your best players, your most talented players, your game breakers, the ball. And so, I don't know. I just think even if the quarterback play isn't quite as good as we think it is, he's going to do a better job of scheming wins. And so if, if you know, if you're betting the over there, you're, you're trusting that the defense either stays where it was last year, takes a step forward. And then Cumbie brings an element of just 
creativity of the offense that gets you two more wins. And and what was so weird, I was just, I was totally wrong about, I loved the the idea of Yost's system. Yes. You know know that I have a soft spot for the triple option. And it's, that is the closest thing to the triple option that I've seen without actually running the option. It's like, it's so simple. It's like, you know, the, the way we had the, horizontal game mixed in with those like serodric dives yeah like stressed the entire horizontally the length of the field very similar to the triple option and it to one one of the reasons why i liked it and i think you know it's not like yost was highly sought after guy i mean when we got it um but one of the what kind of the allure of it to me was it was quarterback proofing our offense and like with cliff to me it seemed like if you had, if you didn't have a good quarterback, you were in trouble with, with what, what he was doing. And so with Yost, there was like that element of how simple it was in the read. There was just like one read like per play. I mean, yeah. it was, you're throwing to one guy pretty much. That's, that's it. And it's like priest, you, you know, and a lot of it was determined pre-snap just like very similar to the triple option, but, and it just didn't work. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it was just terrible. Um, it almost, you almost have to have a guy like Jordan love to me where it's you have to respect his ability to it'd be like it'd be like if pat ran that offense mahomes it would probably work just because of his ability to yeah i'd say so i think any offense that would work yeah that's true but but a guy who can create something out of nothing maybe with his legs maybe create a little this time And, and i think you saw a little bit of uptick when Columbia before, you know, big 12 defenses figured out that Columbia couldn't throw very far, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think there's a little uptick there because he could create a little bit of space, create a little bit of time back there. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it's just weird. It's, it's, I, I will never understand why it was so bad. And I wish I could interview some people and figure it out, but I don't think you'd ever get the, the real answer. Yeah. There's a, a random golf question from uncle thirsty. Which I appreciate uh, who's going to win the Northern trust at Liberty national this weekend. And unfortunately my golf, I, that's what I've, I've been betting, you know, substantially like pretty much exclusively since COVID and uh, within the last month or so of like losing accounts, they're like changing it up. I'm not getting the odds I was used to, or they're kicking me off the site. And so I'm pretty much like, have dried up. I'm not, I'm not able to bet golf like I used to, but just looking at the odds, I mean, Rom is a humongous favorite. It's uh, like way more than the normal. His implied odds are like 9% that he'll win. And the next closest is like speed, Morikawa, Rory, DJ in the four to 3% range. So Rom, pretty easy answer there. There you go. And I don't and care about golf. I like this one. Yo, Pritch, who would win in a fight, you or Beatles? <laughs> I, I'm going with – I would be, I would make myself a substantial underdog in a fist fight with you. <laughs> but what if, well, I'm hampered with the, an injury now, though. I mean, typically you're right. You would be the underdog in a normal, perfect world, but – I just, I've just have the ability to walk again. So I don't, I don't see me generating any power right now. That's true. But I would give my, if it was like a hunger games, like we were in a field and I could put the sneak on you, maybe I would like my chances a little bit more. Um, Let's see. I like run the draw. I like that question. 
run the draw. This guy, I know this guy personally. He's most of these questions. I think he's trolling me when he asks these, but yeah, I guess this first one is a serious one. Give us a two sentence answers. Why slash how we beat the following teams. And he's got teams on our schedule. And then he's got the Aggies parentheses, Jerry world. <laughs> what game would that be? The cotton bowl? Cotton bowl. Yeah. And it's because I kind of, I claim we're going to play the – we're going to the Cotton Bowl this year. Goodness gracious. But it's <laughs> – I only do it to him because he needs the emotional uplifting. <laughs> I mean, again, with this, to me, it's – my answer, it's that same going back to quarterback play. Yeah. If we – if our – you know, UT is probably going to start this Hudson Card guy who's young, um, Spencer Rattler – um, has been in a bunch of duels with Chuck. They're both they played each other in high school in Arizona. Um, TCU has and U of H has tune. I mean, if if Chuck plays better, I think he can play better than all those quarterbacks on any given day. Yes, the Rattler because of the system. But um, if if we have better quarterback play than those teams, I think we can win. That's a. I know it's kind of a cop out answer. Yeah, I mean, I would say quarterback play, and I would say. Causing turnovers. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good turnovers. One. And then about, what about recovering onside kicks at the end? Of the game? That's- <laughs> yeah, that that's there, but not, I mean, turnovers as well as just like if getting the Rattler, like Rattler's shown, like if you get in his face, he'll make a mistake, you know, but we don't, we haven't had the ability to do that. I mean, I would Duggan, I mean, w- Gosh, that game is so annoying. I went back and rewatched that one. He, ba- I mean, he ran. He runs power read, and there is just nobody. Like, absolutely, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Like, and there's just I don't know. Stuff. You know, play calling. I'm not. Is it in that situation? We had to get a stop. We couldn't. One first down. The game's over. Yeah, I think if you're going to allow a big play, like for example, a 15 yard run, I think in that situation would have given us a would have ended the game. Whereas, oh, yeah, yeah. The, them scoring, you know, however unlikely, we still like had a chance. You know, I guess my point is like, do you, aren't you more likely to give up a big play when you're, when you have to prevent them from getting a first down? Yeah. I guess what hurts is that exact same thing happened, you know, a quarter before. Like, you know, they yeah. ran the, that same play broke off for 50 instead of 80, you know. That's uh, fair. But yeah, I just think, like you said, quarterback play, getting after the passer, uh, turnovers. And like I said, that's boring. But the, the thing the thing that makes that question interesting is I think there is actually a chance that all of those things happen. And that has not been the case in a long time. So that's, that's kind of a nice way to think about that question is you could go into each of those games being able to talk yourself into a win. Maybe not OU, but every one of those other teams – I think it's possible. And I think, I mean, I can't even imagine a situation where we're playing A&M in the Cotton Bowl, but I think the talent disparity <laughs> might show up a little bit there. But I don't know. If we're in the Cotton Bowl, it's all gravy from there. <laughs> okay, Rolf C. Shuck total offense over under for the season, 3,600.5 yards, which was – so total offense was rushing and passing. I mean, to, to me, that's like a question of is he going to be healthy or not? Because yeah. I think if he plays in 12 games, and he said for the season, so theoretically even a bowl game, and he doesn't, if he, 
I mean, he's going to have 300 yards rushing and passing per game, I would hope, on average. Because, you know, some of these games he could have 500 and, and make it pretty easy for himself uh, the rest of the way. But if, if he does not, I mean, if he averages 200 – if he plays in all 12 games and averages 250 yards total offense, we're, you know, we'll probably be looking for a new coach and new conference and, you know, run the draw will be uh, – and pretty upset spirits for yeah you said it best when we were going over these before we started record he better have that (laughs) so yeah next next one jay newt 2008 another guy i know he's if you had to bet your fantasy league winnings parentheses stolen from me i don't know about that i didn't play him in the championship but (laughs) one team to win the natty in january who are you taking? And he lists a bunch of teams and he lists a bunch of odds and the odds that I don't know. I feel sorry for this guy that these are the odds available to him because I I'm looking at, I've got a couple futures out there. The, the, the one I would take is Georgia, but not at the number he has, he's got them a little less than five to one. I have them at 10 to one. I don't know if that's still out there somewhere, but I, if it is, I would take it. I would even take it even lower than that um, because I think that, you know, they play Clemson to open the season. And if they win that game, which they could, it's, it's, it's a kind of a tight spread that, I mean, they're, they're going to be a significant favorite to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. And if they lose that game, they could still make the playoff. And, and so I think uh, just the, it's almost like a free roll for them, you know, they, to some extent, and they, they've got a good team. They're, they're like loaded, like never, like they normally are. So I guess my answer would be Georgia, but I've got, I've got Alabama, a little bit on Alabama, three to one. I've got, unfortunately, Aggie, 40 to one. Um, Notre Dame, just because they sneak in so often, 80 to one. Um, Penn State, 80 to one. I've got Minnesota, 200 to one. <laughs> wow. Uh, a little bit, on OU, little bit on OU, eight to one. What does he have OU listed here? He's got them six to one. So I, I wouldn't take any of the numbers that he's posting. <laughs> I'm, if I have money, I'm putting it on Bama. I don't care how small the odds are. <laughs> that's, I want to win, so that's where I'm going. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're that. Like, well, I mean, I've got them three to one, so that would need – if they have a 25% chance of winning, then that's a break-even bet. Yeah. Look, seems kind of low, right? But, yeah. Uh, I like this one. This is a U of H question from I did 86. Who scores first? For the Red Raiders against Houston, Miles Price, TC Ooh. represent. Yeah, I like that. On like a what, like a sweep. I could either see some kind of like you're on like the five and you run some kind of like quick little just put him in motion and give it to him, or in my head I also see like a seam, like we fake to Sir Roderick, just hit the seam, safety comes up right over the top about twenty yards, but I'm going yeah. Price. If I was putting, if I was making that. Odds for it, wouldn't you say Sir Roderick's the favorite? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Roderick or Izukama. But I like this question from Mr. Lobster 420. He's not, <laughs> I've not, not seen this guy very often. <laughs> How many quarterbacks will we see during the SFA and FIU games? That's a good question. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's a good way to ask, <laughs> will those be comfortable wins? <laughs> yeah. And also, it's a good way of like, I mean, I think I, I, if we if they're comfortable wins, don't you think we will be 
trying to play um, our th- third, you know, someone beyond Columbia in those games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would think so too. Yeah. So I, I would almost, it would almost be if, if you see two, I would almost see there's a good chance you'd see three. Like if you're up enough, you may like, all right, Baron, get a series, Donovan, get a series type deal. But yeah. I would take the over two. Yeah. For both, for sure. I think I agree. But although I have, I've been looking at some like power rankings, some early models, and doing some composite, like combining them all and averaging things out, and like FIU is might be pretty good. Apparently, they're not terrible. Yeah, they, Butch Davis is their coach. Yeah, you that blew my mind when you said that earlier. <laughs> yeah, Butch Davis. I mean, he's like he coached the Browns. Yeah, in, in Miami, <laughs> and he's yeah. Then we have some just off the wall over unders from Run the Draw again. He's back, and they're, they're terrible. Like it, there's almost no thought that for me in these. Like Donovan Smith total touchdowns four and a half. We under. said before we started recording, we'd take the under on four and a half snaps. Yeah, close. I would be close to it. <laughs> I would definitely take the under on four and a half series. Like, yeah. Uh, as a comma, ten and a half touchdowns. I guess that's a decent number um if he's getting above 10 that's a we're 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 in business and then like this one tharp total receiving yards 450 like we have when's the last time we had a tight end with 450 receiving yards much less somebody who's you know a true freshman slated to be a backup tight end yeah take the under then he's got jay bird total receiving yards. took me 20 minutes to figure out who Jay Bird is. I, we still don't know for sure. Probably Jaran Bradley. And yeah. Definitely take the under 350 yards. Sparkman touchdowns, four and a half under. Yes. Yeah. I mean, still take the under. Uh, then like Cam Valdez rushing yards, 435 under. Yes. I, I, I don't, I, 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 how many carries do you think he gets? <laughs> 20? Yeah, between 20. If he's getting, I mean, if he's getting a lot of carries, he is either like a prodigy or we have had some serious injuries. So it's hard to know. <laughs> and then I, I think he finally got serious for, for some points scored versus UT 35. I would take the under. But, yeah. and so here's before we get into these, and this goes in with uh, somebody was posting, will we have, will we average more than 29 and a half points per game? Um, and it's related to our defense, or I think that was it. It was, will our defense allow less than 29 and a half or something points per game? Um, you know, I'm hoping, and I think this is the case, that we will be playing a, a lot less possessions this year, you yeah. know, than we have been with Yost and Kingsbury. And so, so for some of these totals, like 30, like we could, I think we could play well, but much differently on offense and not score 35. Right. So I, I'm, Inclined to take the under on all of the ones they listed. UT 35, Iowa State 29 and a half, TCU 31 and a half. But I'm not not to say they're going to, you know, not play well against those teams. But the one I, I'd be, t- I think you're right on the UT under. I would be tempted to take the over on the ISU TCU ones, Iowa State. Oh. Because if we, I mean, like in 2018, what was it? We scored 30. Didn't we score 30? Something. Hold on, I need to look it up. 2018 Iowa State Texas Tech because 2019 
was the best we've played against them on offense. In, 20, oh, 2019. like a decade. Right? Yes. And how many – I thought we scored like 35. I could be making that up. But I just – Wells plays – Iowa State. Okay, we scored twenty four. Okay, so I'm I'm wrong. <laughs> they scored thirty four, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just looking at last year's game, like I talked about earlier, if you have a competent offense, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. They have our number. I, that confidence meter question. I almost said I have more confidence that will beat OU than Iowa State. So uh, I forget what I'm saying. It's the under. We've we've got a question. Rawls Raider, give us some week one spreads you like cover some gambling around the NCAA. Uh, so I'll, I'll, we'll just see what you think on some of these win totals. Like Texas is eight, which is – it's pretty much even either way. Eight wins. I would I would lean under that. Yeah, I probably would too. And then Iowa State over under nine and a half wins. Oh, that's high. I mean, they're, they're going to be favored in a lot of games. I mean, pretty much every one of them, but uh, OU. I'd lean the under there, too, but I guess you, you, you can't take the under on everybody. <laughs> yeah, so Kansas State is is at five and a half, but the, the hook, is the over is minus 150. So it's like a, it's implying like 60% chance of over. So they're thought of as, you know, going to win more than us. I don't know, that some non-conference factors into that if they don't play well they play stanford and and, uh, jerry world yeah comparable to us playing u of h but you know we're not let me pull up my sheet i was as optimistic as it's i guess weird to say but as optimistic as our fans seem to be with our team um this is so this is one two three four this is six models that I've, I've averaged together and we have the second lowest projected win total in the big 12 at 5.34 k-state 5.8 uh, baylor 5.6 west virginia 6.7 people love west virginia this year and it like they have some good guys like in, on the, in their secondary but they also like, lost a lot of they, some of their, their best players transferred um did they get a new quarterback no, Jared Diggy is their quarterback. Hmm. I didn't have not. He is so hot and cold to me. TCU 7.49. Oklahoma State 7.3. UT 8.3. So would be the over on that number we just quoted. Iowa State 9. So that would be the under on the one we quoted. Then OU 10.4 was what these. And normally I add about, there'll be about eight more that will be added to these six that I've got. Um, that I'm waiting to come out. But, I mean, it's like Bill Connolly missed the line, PFF. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and then, you know, week one <sighs> spreads, I haven't really got into it. I, you know, I don't bet as much. Like, I can't win in these big market sports. Like, the only way it's just random tip. If you really want to try to win, you need to bet on find markets where the limits are low. Like, if they only let you bet like $200 on something, that's what you need to try to win. On. If they're letting you bet $1,000 on something, you're probably not going to be able to win. It's just the way, you know, efficient markets work. You know, you know, the higher the limits, the better the line. 
Um, the more exposure they're willing to take, it's probably because you can't beat the, the big, you know, but so I, that's, that's partly why I'm not, I'm, I'm not up to speed on all these spreads. Um, now when the season, like when the week starts, I will do some things, uh, but it won't be my opinion. You know, I'll be like screen watching, kind of trying to anticipate the line moving and have some ways to, that I can do that. But, it, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here going, you know, I like Texas minus nine and a half versus Louisiana Lafayette. I don't just because of X, Y, Z, it'll be because I'll do plus nine and a half because I think it's going to go to seven or minus nine and a half because I think it's right. gonna be 13. That is a line, isn't it? Louisiana Lafayette. They're pretty good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a top 25 matchup. Yeah. We are – oh, now we're down to minus – we are a one-and-a-half-point favorite, so I've already got a terrible number. I've, I've bet us at minus two. Yeah. Not a huge difference. But, it, you know, they're that open like minus nine. So there's been some buyback or some, some, some resistance there against Tech pretty substantially against U of H. Don't and you think that, that's like reputation, though? I, I think most of it, though, is these – is if you look at any of these projections or any of the, any of the respected – uh, people like Bill Connolly or Pro Football Focus or um, any of them. I mean, they've got us and U of H is pretty much the same rated. So it, I think it was kind of inevitable it was going to come down. But whoever made that first number really did their homework, I, I think, personally, you know, because yeah. I like in that game. Yes. They did their – some bookmaker somewhere who hung that first number and was like, no, nah, Tech's going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, at least <laughs> – Yeah, I think we were we were texting about that earlier. I mean, I don't. I, I, people are worried about it, and they should because if you lose that game, you may be in trouble. <laughs> like you could you could come back from a non conference game. I posted that on the site the other day, but it's a uh, it's not a good sign of things to come because I think we I think Tech should win that game and win it. Like I don't yeah. think you should be kicking a field goal with time expiring to win that thing. Uh, let's see. We got some criticism of you here, Mike. Um, More line forms to the left. He came at you pretty hard. Um, I, I guess he doesn't think you're you're dwelling on the past. You're talking about last year's team, and you need to sure this isn't really, I guess, a question. It's just some constructive criticism. <laughs> I've been known. I've been known to dwell on the past. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why you have. So willing to want to look at our offense from last year, but <laughs> masochist self mutilation. Yes. All that. Um, who I like, these are some for you. I think like what, this is from two Texans. What does balance mean to come be and balances in quotes? I don't know why. Cause that normally signifies something, but yeah, I want I could imagine he come probably talked about wanting to be balanced. Uh, I think uh, that, like, I think that goes back to like what I was talking about earlier is just keeping the defense off balance means that the offense is in balance because I think a lot of times the defense was pretty comfortable defending Yost's scheme last year, even the year before when things got a little tight. And so I think a balanced offense is you're keeping the defense guessing. They don't know run pass. They don't know screen. They don't know if, if we're taking a shot here, you know, uh, to me, that's what balance looks like. I, I don't think it's like a run pass type deal because you kind of, you need to do what the defense is, you know, showing that you have the advantage doing. So uh, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm, 
I would imagine to come be, that's just, you know, running what's, what's going to work. And then if that means, you know, throwing the ball 80% of the time, that's what he's going to do. That's we saw Cliff do that. Yeah. And I, I remember like the old adage with the air raid, like balance was about touches, you know, like X, Y, Z receivers, running backs, having an equal number of targets and yeah. touches. And I, I wonder if Cumbie's, if that's kind of what his view of balance is, not the more traditional like run pass. Yeah, there's probably some of that. There's also some formation balance. Like we need to, you know, we'll run two tight ends. We'll run a tight end. We'll run a tight end and a fullback. You know, we'll go five wide. You know, I, I think there's, I think that is considered balanced him too, just giving a bunch of different looks and being comfortable running those looks. Are you prepared to rank the best play callers in the leech slash air raid coaching tree? I mean, we talked about this a little before we started it. The, it's a big tree. Like it's it, with a lot of branches um, because what Cliff does is so different than what Leach did. And then, you know, what Bryles did is so different from what those two did. Like, it's just, and even to me, it's hard to even judge what Riley does because his, the talent he's working with is just ridiculous. And so it's, it's so hard, you know, to rank them, but I mean, I, th- those guys I just mentioned would be up there. I mean, I think, if you change the game in a way, you know, like yeah. uh, Bryles ran that just like he added that downhill running element that really wasn't known to be an air raid thing, you know, and, and Cliff kind of added more pro style looks to the, but kept it within the air raid system. Uh, and I think Riley does a lot of that too. And so it's just, it's mostly like if you add to that tree, that's, that's almost to me, you, you get on the, the Mount Rushmore. I'd probably go Lincoln. I, I, and it, I mean, but I wouldn't consider – I kind of have Bryles in his own category. Um, yeah. So that caveat, I would have uh, – I guess I would go Lincoln. Seems I like would, I would still different. go – Leach is – I would still go Leach. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, play caller, maybe I have a different understanding of Leach because his was – I mean, he just had plays and, they, you know, there was a lot of – quarterback had so much freedom to – yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, my recollection wasn't like Leach was over there just like dialing up play after play. It was just we had a great system that we ran, but maybe, yeah. I, maybe no, you're right. Yeah, there was a lot of here's our plays. You pick the best ones <laughs> to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Grand guy. Are we going to see the title? This is his question. Are we going to see the tight ends utilized more this year? Or is it just an idle threat? Would love to see Koontz and Tharp making plays. I mean, if you watch what Cumbie has done at TCU, they will be used uh, in a lot of different ways. They'll be split out. They'll be in line. They'll be in the backfield. Uh, There'll be screens thrown to them. Um, I mean, I would say yes, just based off Cumbie's history. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. I mean – it's just a, it was a wasted spot last year. Yeah. Um, what is this? Is from Chicago TTU. What's the football team's intramural basketball starting five? That's a pretty good one. Duran Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. I know he played some pretty high level AAU last year, and he's like more recently having played basketball. Probably yeah. Tharp. See how? Yeah, because wasn't there a video going around of him dunking the other day? Yeah. I mean, I'd have, uh, I mean, I'm sure pretty much then, I guess, our receivers. Be yeah. Sparkman and 
as a comma. Um, I, I don't know who the point guard would be. Normally the, there's a quarterback who's probably pretty good at yes. basketball. I, for some reason, I like – I don't even know. Did Barron play <laughs> basketball? I don't – like uh, – If he did, it was – Columbia, Columbia almost strikes me as that guy, and I know nothing. Like he just strikes me as that guy. Davide, yeah, maybe he's Davide, the Italian. You know, and there's all there's a lot of times there's some uh, defensive linemen who can play. Uh, That's so true. I, I tell you what, I used to I played a lot from like 2010 to 15 at the rec, and Michael starts had he was unbelievable at basketball. Was, <laughs> he was frustrating to play with because he was a guard he thought he was a guard yeah he he could shoot he had unbelievable like touch for someone who was like 300 pounds and he, of course he wasn't playing football so right. god knows why but he so he was just at the wreck all the time playing basketball you're right um so like uh dallas this is a good one this is yeah. a great question from dallas raider recommendations for an outdoor tv <laughs> yes i don't know if he thought this was like the next door app <laughs> yeah he, he's i like the little jab at my my thread that i started the other day but uh apparently you can buy like kind of used tvs at best buy that's what i found and that's what i did so there you go yep well i think that's about it we had a lot of i mean we had a lot of questions a lot of u of h specific questions that i think will be better uh, will be better answered and yeah you know i was looking at TCU, um, like their projected starting five and they're starting, not five, they're starting offense and defense. And it's one thing that I noticed, they apparently have a good secondary, like guys coming back. Usually but, they do. Yeah. You know, but they've got, there's some five, nine, five tens, like our secondary on paper suddenly looks the part. And our secondary kind of, is huge. They're like our receivers. Like I, I would like to see some of those practice battles. <laughs> the other thing I noticed, uh, the defense, they're the 11 that they're, they have one transfer safety from Memphis. Who's like really good apparently. But other than that, I mean, almost everyone expected to contribute for them on defense are Texas based high school signees that had offers from tech and Baylor and oftentimes other schools like OU and and it's just that's what they've they've made their money on. Do. Yep. yeah and the thing that's impressive like if there's a usually you know if there's a kid in Fort Worth or the Fort Worth suburbs they keep them there I mean that's that seems to be like if there's an Alito kid there's a lot of times they're going to TCU you know unless they're big time yeah. so it's, but we're older now oh yeah based on what i was looking at you know that we finally we had to do it in a different way but we finally have guys on defense who are 21 or older who have played football and it's i can't it's i have to think it's going to help we had a question it was a good one it was a long one too long to uh, read out and it's a it's something that i thought about but you know we're we are we're talking a lot about our experience and how many guys we have that have played a ton of football and the gist of the question was essentially doesn't isn't that applying to everyone you know and because of super seniors and it's part of why I looked at TCU to see uh, and uh, yeah I'm sure they have great players but we are we're older than they are yeah I think that applies to 
you know, like Texas and OU as well, because their guys go, you know, they, they didn't have a whole lot of super seniors come back because they like went into the draft and stuff. Yeah. So I do, I mean, I think it is happening to everyone, but not to the extent for us in terms of how, just how much, old, how much experience we have. Yeah. And you've pointed out before is not everybody added old like we did. And I think you pointed out something that Patterson said, like they took the transfers they did on purpose. Like they weren't scraping the barrel. Like the guys they took were the guys they wanted. And that's probably something to do with how old they were. Yeah, I think he pretty much all but called out the uh, that massive guy from Arkansas as in terms of being someone that we just elected not to take. Yeah. He referenced an ACC guy, too. I'm not sure who he's talking about. Maybe, maybe another – maybe the other Virginia Tech guy that was breaking doors or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think they look – I think they looked to get old, and I think Wells has talked about it. Like, being old is good. If you're good, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but so is that all? That was all the questions. I don't know if that's all of them, but because um, like you know, there's some of these are troll attempts. Yes, you know, I'd yes. love to read them. Like there's something about Dickens' bombastic predictions. <laughs> <laughs> that's a question you're gonna have to have to have to ask him. We we don't yeah, we're not we're not on that Google Doc, so I don't have any insight into that. No. But, I would like to see more just overall criticism of you. Some, some not, you know, critique, just critiques and like of me as a person or like what I write about. Any, yeah. Anything really. <laughs> yeah. Anything above. We'll just start a thread, just throw it in there. Yeah. I'll read it in my downtime. All right. That's a good idea. I'll start that now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, how many weeks? What's, when is the Houston game? We were trying to decide this earlier. Let's see. 18 days, I think. Okay. So we've got I'm gonna be there. Are you gonna be there? I'm gonna be there. No, I'm not well, I'm not gonna be there. Um, but uh it, it should be a good just one. Trying to, I guess you're just trying to will us into the sun belt or something. <laughs> yes, either way, night game should be a good one. Yeah. So we'll we maybe do we might do like a big overall kind of preview next week and then after that, look at the Houston game more in depth. So we're getting into it. So that was good stuff. All right, Hunter, I'll talk to you later. All right, see you.